Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So, you wanted a pay-per-view quality match to start Dynamite? Boom. Also, hello, my friends. I'm Simon from What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of Our Ups and Downs. Just to repeat what I said on Raw Ups and Downs, because people go crazy about it. I want to make sure everybody is informed. Yes, as of this weekend, it will be the last Ups and Downs for Ring of Honor. It will be the last Ups and Downs for Rampage. So we will have a little goodbye ceremony for them. But then we start AEW Collision Ups and Downs, and Retro Ups and Downs is coming back. And it's nothing to do with time. It's just a business decision, because business is business. What? Let's up those downs. But indeed, Dynamite did kick off with MGF taking on Adam Cole in a world title eliminator. And wow, that thing never makes any sense. It was so damn good. And by the end of you were like, wow, they are some pretty good professional wrestling performers. The commentators also made sure to remind us if Cole does win, he'll get a proper world championship match. So the stakes were high. Although I don't think Maxwell cared. Not only was he doing the strut, at one point he was doing the Rick Rude swivel. But he was just having a good time. So was I. For it was just a sexual trip down memory lane. At one point, MJF bailed into the crowd. And not only was he throwing popcorn at people, but I swear, <laughs> he pie-faced somebody in the audience. So that dude really is a mega heel. When he got back in the ring as well, he did an eye rake. So I was like, this was terrific. But then he was hitting his D-pad too much because he just kept on taunting. So Adam Cole was like, all right. And he backdropped him over the top rope onto the floor. I don't think we give enough credence to stuff like this. That must have sucked. Men and Freeman needed a plan, so we started to work on Adam Cole's arm, because of course that sets him up for the arm bar, which is one of his finishing maneuvers. And all of a sudden he pretended that he was Shawn Michaels. He even warmed up the band, although when he went for a kick that was super, he failed, and Adam Cole gave him a super kick instead. This is what I realized, that MGF had an elbow pad on that said Vince was right. I was like, honestly, he's just wonderful. They were then dodging finishing moves, so Adam decided to bust some spines because he hit a spine buster. When they moved to the ring apron and MJF smashed Adam Cole with a tombstone. And the ring apron, eh? Hang on. Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We're here with bald idiot guy who amazingly has got to the final question where he could be about to win a million pounds. So, bald idiot guy. Your question is this. What is the hardest part of the wrestling ring? Is it A, Rita the ring post, B, Simba the still step, C, the ring apron, or D, all of it? Oh, wow. Uh, I was dreading a question like this. I mean, they're really tough answers, but I think I'm going to have to go with Rita the ring post. Well, I'm sorry. You are an idiot. 
stupid, bored moron guy. The answer, of course, is the ring apron. And as you have failed, and who wants to be a millionaire, now you must die. After we had recovered two, the two went into a submission battle until Maxwell decided, now nah, screw that, and he hit the heat seeker for a near fall. And because that didn't work, he laid coal on Timmy the timekeeper's cable, and he went to the top of Timmy the turnbuckle, and he hit an elbow through all of this carnage. And I was like, this is just a random match on television. Of course, the idea was that our world champion was happy for Adam Cole to get counted out, but he got back in at 9.999 when they got into some more fisticuffs and the referee got knocked out. Ruh-roh. This is when Friedman was like, ha ha, I know what I'm going to do. He got the world championship and he threw it at Adam Cole before he pulled an Eddie Guerrero. Very sadly for him, though, the ref was basically dead. So Adam was like, well, turn around his fair play. He smashed MJF right in the head with it. Honestly, it led to such a good near fall. I was doing the dance of joy. Maxwell couldn't stop being a dick either. So he got the dynamite diamond ring. But this time the official did see it. He stopped him. Which is when Adam Cole went, ha ha, I'm going to hit you with a super kick. I'm going to hit you with the Panama Sunrise. And I'm going to hit you with the boom. And the ref went one. And the ref went two. And just as he was about to hit three, the bell rang. What? Now I assumed we were going to pan to ringside and see Vince McMahon go ring the bell, damn it. But actually, this was pure genius on behalf of AEW. Because even though Adam Cole was about to win, the 30-minute time limit had expired. I'm giving it another round of applause. Did you have to give kudos to these two? Because I was like, there's no way the time limit could have expired because it was just such a damn good match. And now this just sets it all up that down the line, whenever the time is ready, Adam Cole can become the new champion. This was some terrific thinking. It also made me laugh because the people complaining about it all like, well, it was just too convenient. I was like, it's pro wrestling. You can do whatever you want. Don't want to be that guy. But it is predetermined. But this was absolutely fabulous. And if you're not planning to watch it, change that now. Up. And then right after this, basically for the first time in a year or almost a year, we saw CM Punk back on AEW TV. He was promoting AEW Collision, which does start this weekend. It was basically like, man, I've got a lot of stuff to get off my chest. I don't think he was talking about his chest hair. I think he wants to cut a promo. So right away, I was like, well, I was going to watch it anyway. But now you bet your ass I'm tuning in. Sammy Guevara then returned after this. Then was like, oh, my gosh, he's back, which was the most pro wrestling thing ever. He's only gone like two weeks. I didn't even have time to miss him. It was nice to see him, though, and he was chatting to Rennie Paquette. And amazingly, he went through his own ups and downs. Because a recent high for him is the fact he is having a child with wife Ty Mello. But the sad part is he wasn't able to win the AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door. <laughs> Not Forbidden Door. Double or nothing. See? I'm already looking to the future. So we are clearly going forward with this idea that Sammy Guevara is trying to become a babyface. But before he could say much else, out came Darby Allen, who literally must have been stood in the backstage area going, give it a minute, give it a minute, I'll go now. He congratulated Sam on the fact that he is going to become a father and said, wow, it feels like the fans are really warming to you again. And as soon as he said that, 50% of the audience cheered and 50% booed. <laughs> so I was just laughing because I'm a dickhead. Darby's big question, though, was look at him and Sting. They're on equal pegging, where, as he said before, he still feels like Sam follows Chris Jericho around because he's part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So what's the deal? And given that we had said Chris Jericho's name, out came Chris Jericho. 
somewhere Kevin Owens was happy. They really got into it as well because Jericho was all like, look, if you had just called me during your feud with MJF, you'd now be a world champion. Whereas Guevara was like, well, if you had called me, maybe you wouldn't have lost to Adam Cole twice. Shots fired. Jericho wanted an apology, but Sammy said no. So Chris's grand idea was, well, look, how about we tag next week and I remind you who's the boss? I was like, Jericho, how is that ever going to work? Here's how I think we can fix this relationship. I'm going to tell you what to do. Come on. Alan then did sneak in with a really good line because he was like, well, hey, Chris, you call yourself a wizard, but when you get in the ring, the magic is gone. It's like, that's pretty good. And just when we tease, maybe, just maybe, Chris Jericho and Darby Allen may get into it, out came Sting. Yes. Now, I love this so much because that damn Chris Jericho played me like a fiddle because I saw his comments on social media this week where he was like, oh, man, Sting, I've got no interest working with him. And I was like, well, that's not a very nice thing to say. But he knew. (laughs) He always knew. We played this off big too, because apparently Sting and Chris Jericho have never had a face-off. Well, I did laugh a little bit, because they both had baseball bats, and they were kind of teasing the other one. That's a weird thing to do. Jericho, of course, bailed and told Sammy to join him, but Sammy wouldn't do it. So I suppose what we can do now is we can do this tag team match, and Sammy Guevara can finally walk out on Chris Jericho and continue his path to being a good guy. We'll also give Alan and Sting another win because they need all the momentum right now. So once again, this was just fun. It was just entertaining. I enjoyed all the coming together of these fellows. Giving it an up. When we cut to a video, and it was the flipping IWGP Heavyweight Champion Sonata, who was like, listen, I'm gonna be at Forbidden Door, and I want to fight someone. I was like, man, this is just totally crazy. Just wait until we get to the answer too. It's properly wild. As Sting and Darby Allen were in the ring too, they decided to have a match and they were teaming up with Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee to take on Swerve Strickland and his moguls. Once again, it was just fire entertainment. Now clearly we didn't have much time here because this was just go, 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 let's do a sprint, but it made it more fun. And at one point the words no flashed up on the screen. I do have to say that when Phil and I went to the Dynamite before Double or Nothing, we could see the production area, and on one of the screens it did have this one image saying yes and one image saying no, and it did look very familiar in terms of font to this. So I think it may have been an error, or somebody is coming to AEW who is super duper negative. Maybe it's negative Nancy. Brian Cage was also cosplaying as Sting, which I really enjoyed, and he should actually keep that look when he grabbed Orange Cassidy in midair, who was doing a dive. But this is when Darby was in the ring, and he saw Swerve, and he gave him the code red. He then got crotched when he went for the coffin drop, which meant his penis was hurting, which allowed the Gates of Agony to whoop his ass for a bit. And I can't hear the name Gates of Agony without laughing, because I just imagine a gate going, oh, it's so much pain. I'm an idiot. We also have to point out that Daniel Garcia was watching this from backstage, so that's going to tie in. When Darby was able to get out of the JML driver, he got the off tag to Keith Lee, who looked around and went, oh yeah, I'm really big. <laughs> and he started to chuck people around like they were children. Just as he finally got his hands on Swerve Strickland too, they all came together to give him a massive powerbomb. So I was like, sheesh, this feud is never going to end. Which just went from nowhere, Cassidy was able to hit a DDT onto Swerve, so Cage was like, nope and he whammed a piece of fruit with an F5. We then actually did get every single move you've ever seen in wrestling, to the point I even got my maneuver book out, and I was like, yes, I think we've gone through the whole lot. He was then once again throwing humans like projectiles because he can't handle it when Darby Allen did hit a coffin drop. When Brian Cage acted like he was going to F5 Sting, I shouted out, no, like that text we got earlier, or I was Darth Vader, and all of a sudden Orange was here. He gave the orange punch to Brian Cage, 
Brian Cage then got hit with a scorpion death drop. One, two, three. I just love Sting so much. So once again, these guys never miss and they just put something together that makes you feel warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum. That's the whole point of entertainment on television. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Renee was then backstage with the guns, so asked them straight up, what is your relationship with Jay White? Obviously, last week, they helped him out. They acted like she had just said two plus two equals potato because they had no idea what she was discussing when they just flipped and went, you know, we think we're the best brother tag team in AEW, so we want to fight the Hardys. Where did that come from? But I really do love these two because they're stupid in the best possible way. And I tell you, you give it a few years, they're going to be flying high. It was around about this time I searched my feelings and I thought to myself, man, I'd love to see some big men slapping man meat right now and AEW delivered because it was Jake Hagar versus Wardlow for the TNT title and yeah there was so much meat slapping Hagar attacked Wardlow during his entrance because he understands what he has to do but this just pissed off the champ who started hitting Jake with so many clotheslines I thought he was gonna hang him up the thing is if Wardlow wasn't so obsessed with charging at people he probably would have been all right here but he is obsessed with that he did keep charging Eventually, he got murked. He also found himself in the ankle lock, but he was able to power out of that and start busting some spines, which is when Cool Hand Ange and Daddy Magic came to the ring, because I guess they were worried about their hat-wearing friend. This allowed Hager to chop block Wardlow, and just when it looked like the former 2.0 were going to get involved, all of a sudden, Arn Anderson was here, and they were getting into it, and Arn did that thing when he pretended he was going to pull a gun out from under his jacket, but as we know, it's just his fingers. So who would be scared of that unless one day he actually produces a Glock? This is when Brock Anderson was here to help his dad. And I was like, wait a minute. Why aren't you looking for Christian Cage and the dinosaur given they almost tried to kill you? They chased off Angelo Parker and Matt Menard. And basically, back in the ring, Wardlow went, rah. He did a dive because it's 2023 wrestling. He hit the senton when he did the Powerbomb Symphony. Uno, dos, tres. So this was just fun and simple stuff. Although it did feel like it was important because it kept Wardlow's momentum going. That's what we need right now. He's climbing back to the top. Up. Straight afterwards as well, Cage and Luchasaurus did appear on the big screen. And that's right. Who was next to them basically about to die? It was Arn Anderson. So this day does like, Arn, you are just a little bit of a problem. You keep getting yourself into messes. We also learned that come collision, it is going to be Wardlow versus Luchasaurus for the TNT Championship. 
So actually, when you do look at that card, it is shaping up nicely. Plus, we've got the CM Punk promo and match. I am excited. When the world went crazy. Because Tanahashi appeared on the big screen, and he too wants to be involved at Forbidden Door. And do you know who he wants to take on? Doink the Clown. Wasn't doing the clown, it's Maxwell Jacob Freeman. He also wants the title to be on the line, so Rennie ran around backstage and she found MJF and she told him this match was official. And Freeman went, No, it's not. I just won't turn up for the thing. I'm not fighting some indie guy from some rinky dink promotion. <laughs> Couldn't help it, that was really funny. Now, obviously, this will happen at the pay per view, and I can't contain my excitement. Once again, imagine I had told you two years ago, or oh, you see this MJF guy, one day he's gonna be fighting the ace of New Japan for the AEW World Championship. You would have called me crazy, and you would have given me a slap, and now I would have fined you, and I would have slapped you back. Honestly, I can't wait for this to the point. Give it it up. Paquette obviously felt like she hadn't earned her paycheck for the night because she then legged it and found Orange Cassidy and we found out what he's doing at the pay-per-view too. Because he fancied a challenge when Zack Sabre Jr. walked into frame, which means he literally must have been just over there, but Orange didn't see it. And basically, this is what we're going to do at Forbidden Door. I can't handle it. Even more so because then Daniel Garcia walked in and said, hey, has anybody seen Shibata? And nobody had seen Shibata because that would have been weird. So now we're going to do a tag team match of Orange Cassidy and Shibata taking on Daniel Garcia and Zack Sabre Jr. And again, all of that is going down as singles matches at the pay-per-view as well. So I'm giving it an up. I don't care. You can get mad at me, Simon. You're so damn biased. If something gets me this damn pumped, I'm going to pump it out. What does that mean? When Sky Blue arguably had her biggest wrestling match yet... I loved it. She was taking on Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship, and the only thing they needed to convince you here was that maybe, just maybe, Sky Blue was going to be able to win it. Now, that was going to be next to impossible, given that Tony Storm has only just become the champ, but hot damn, they did it. Now, Soraya still isn't on TV, so I hope she's okay, and this damn Sky Blue is so smart, because the first thing she did was smack Tony Storm, and then she smacked Ruby Soho. And you would do this, you got to negate the distractions. It didn't work because the outcast, ooh, had another plan. <laughs> and given that Sky Blue's mum was at ringside, they went up to her and they spray painted her. And I was like, once again, we are living in this wrestling fantasy land where this would never happen in the real world, but in pro wrestling, just do it. You can't spray paint people. It also hit Sky's emotional gland as it would do, and she dove out of the ring to stop these two. But very sadly, I think she was a little bit too upset. Tony and Ruby cut her off, and they started to beat her up. This all tied in, though, because after some more shenanigans with Ruby Soho on the apron going, oh, referee, look at me, Tony had the spray paint can. She went to paint Sky Blue. Blue had a spray paint can of her own. She sprayed Tony Storm. She then hit the code blue, and if it wasn't for this damn Ruby Soho who jumped back onto the ring apron, she would have won. But it meant we had a visual one, two, three pinfall. And not only was I losing it, so were the fans. Mission accomplished. Tony Storm also hit the Storm Zero, but Sky Blue kicked out of that, so we were really going to town. But then very sadly, she did lock in the Cloverleaf submission, and Sky had to tap out. Willow Nightingale then made the save afterwards to set up this tag team match come collision. I'm sorry, Willow and Sky Blue must be the happiest tag team to ever exist. But this just worked exactly like it should have done. Don't know what this arm is doing. I am giving it up. When Renee Paquette was still working her ass off. Good for her. Because she was talking to Jungle Hook and they were like, oh man, the Jungle Hook party is in full swing. And all of a sudden, Jack Parrow's like, oh yeah, by the way, I heard what Sonata said earlier and I'm accepting the challenge. 
What? Now this all tied in because Jack was all like, oh man, I feel naked standing here without a championship, especially because Hook has his, so you just know he's going to turn on him. Also, I need to point out, that's not really what being naked means. And Mr. Perry, if you do feel naked because you're not wearing a championship belt, well, I think you need to go look in the mirror. He also told Hook that he is his best friend, but they've been back together for about three weeks, and therefore he would like him at ringside come the pay-per-view. And look, Jack Perry will lose this, and then I bet he does turn on Hook, and that's exactly what we should do here. It is time. Which did indeed bring us to our main event, and it was the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page taking on the Blackpool Combat Club. And I stood up, because I'm strange, and thought to myself, this has been a damn good episode of Dynamite. They're no longer calling themselves the Hung Bucks either. I can only presume because somebody at Warner Brothers saw this and went, no, you cannot do that. Because when their lower third appeared on the screen, it basically said, yeah, we used to be called a more sexual name, but now we're not. That <laughs> made me giggle. This was, of course, because it was a penis joke. And given that Brian Danielson was on commentary as well, I just got my ass all comfy. And I was like, I tell you, we're in for a good time. This was a very strange thing of me to do because I was watching this by myself. We also started with a massive brawl and I was like, well, thank Flubbins for that. Because you can't go from anarchy in the arena to like applying a wrist lock. That would have been absolutely stupid. Matt Jackson soon powerbombed Wheeler Uter on the ring apron too, which is the hardest part of the ring. As Hangman and Nick Jackson took out the rest of the BCC with dives. I was like, you damn right, it's 2023 wrestling. Castagnoli didn't like that at all, though, so he grabbed Nick Jackson out of midair and killed him, and all of a sudden Matt was doing crossbodies. But Wheeler Yuta wasn't into that, so he started hitting German suplexes. Who is next? Moxie then remembered he was bonkers, so he started to beat everyone up when Hangman Adam Page got the tag, and we balanced things out. This is when Danielson was on commentary, like, uh-oh, I'm a bit worried about John. I think his arm is broken. Hangman still took out the entire BCC when the Young Bucks had taken a Phoenix down, and they were back up hitting double inseguris. But all of a sudden, Mac Jackson decided to go north and like suplex crazy. <laughs> this was such fun. Nick then springboarded right into a John Moxley cutter when all of a sudden he and Claudio were hitting the damn doomsday device when Moxley remembered, oh, I can kill people, and he applied the choke. The escalation here. Nick then broke that up with a swanton, but the BCC still went for the rocket launcher, but Matt Jackson was able to get his knees up. So I was just spinning around and falling over because so much was happening. We then got the super kick party and all of this was so damn smart because of course it left Wheeler Utah isolated. And given that he had had all the victories recently, he got slammed with this. He got slammed with the BTE trigger. He got hit with the buckshot lariat. One, two, three. The elite had finally done it. An absolutely insane brawl broke out after this too with Nick Jackson being hurled over Barry Barricade. So we'll never see him again. When all of a sudden, Eddie Kingston's music hit he returned to Dynamite and not only did he get into it with Claudio Castagnoli because he hates him, but then him and John Moxley started looking at each other because of course they're in love. The Bucks were then back into Jump John and all of a sudden Takeshita's music hit and he got booed out of there. He was kicking ass, which is when Kenny Omega's theme started to play because of course he hates Takeshita. They got into it and I'm sorry, every single person in that building was losing their minds and so was I. Because I tell you this was chaos and yes that was a pun because just as Kenny was about to finish every body off who else decided to join the fray it was will osprey there was more noise he hit the hidden blade and the stormbreaker as he stood over kenny omega as brian danson on commentary went ha ha i think he's gonna win at the pay-per-view it's also important to point out the whole time don Callis was here clapping will osprey so you have to assume that's going to tie in and i'm sorry this was a terrific end to Dynamite. I was laughing my ass off because you didn't know who else was going to turn up. If my nan was there, I'd be like, 
I knew it, which would be really weird, because she's dead. And when you take the original match, you know, MGF versus Adam Cole, and you tie it in with this, I'm sorry. It doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up. I had a flubbing good time. And we're going to give it up for Dynamite as a whole, because I tell you, they have me rocketing and rolling. When it comes to this Forbidden Door pay-per-view, I actually can't wait. I'm going to have to go sleep for two weeks or something. Up. Which, of course, brought us to the end of the show, and now I want to know what you thought about it. Drop me a line in the comments below, and also like the video, share the video, and the subscribe. And you can click the video on the screen right now. It's ups and downs for Raw, where I also had a good time. I'm very easily pleased. I have been signed from What Culture. Thank you very much for your time. I promise you these changes to ups and downs will be for the best. We'll have a rollicking good time. See you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.